Welcome back to Blacker Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We're here to discuss the sixth episode of The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power, written by an array of screenwriters, Nicholas Adams, Justin Doble, J.D. Payne, and Patrick McKay. I don't think I've ever... Three? Sure. Four? Uh, maybe a little, little much, but considering that this episode focused on characterization a lot more maybe they actually needed that many people in there to write those scenes but it was directed by charlotte brandstrom i gave it a 9.6 out of 10 there was some sloppiness no doubt but i think this is far step up from the last two episodes so i gave it a 9.7 out of 10 just because we got action we got a little bit of the plot moving forward we got some information about sauron and the huge uh pompeii incident at the end what i gotta i'm gonna hate next episode is the fact that everyone's not gonna be turned to ash Though I suppose if I'm going historically, people did actually get indoors. They were just suffocated by ash and ran out of, you know, well, couldn't go anywhere, starved to death, so on and so forth. That could be where a lot of these villagers end up, but it felt pretty epic. It looked amazing. The eruption, but I'm trying to figure out how the Uruk really thought that this was somehow going to be a win for them because this seems a bit impractical but i suppose when you have nothing to lose you you uh you shoot for the stars at least i cared that is something i was not expecting because i said last episode i really don't care about the southlanders and i really could care less about the numorian numenorians but they managed to to make me feel something and that was a lot even though theo still looks like a 45 year old man in a young boy's body (laughs) at least in the light his invisible mustache went away i don't know what the fuck is going on with uh with this kid actor but he just comes off like a much older person (laughs) and not at all a child let's start with the beginning of the episode when adar plants seeds it was nice to see that he retained some of his elven ways despite being the father and what they consider a contaminated what did she twisted version of an elf he still maintains that before a battle life in the face of death that he plants these kaffa seeds don't ask me what the name of the seeds are he plants the seeds he talks to his army he tells them this is the day that we've been waiting for we're gonna come out of the darkness into the light so on and so forth can i get an amen hallelujah let's do this shit they go into the tower the watchtower is abandoned 
now i'm still not sure why they didn't just i don't know start heading towards the coast <laughs> live off the land like you know what but now that they know that they have something that they want i don't think that was at least for those well no i don't think that would have been an option anymore because they would just give chase alas they did come up with a plan that's why i suppose that was not very well communicated last episode that she all of a sudden came up with this idea or she had this aha moment i went back and watched it again it's totally written in the script as that way but not performed in that way at all the plan is to use the watchtower as a weapon aaron deer he's able to use his awesome legolos <laughs> i don't compare him to legolos because i think they're two two completely different people and i think all of the elves just have this natural way about their movement that's just super cool and he jumps down and he's in, he's able to accomplish the plan by himself single-handedly takes down the watchtower waldrig or Wahlberg, whatever his name is he asks father he now calls him father what happened to sauron as adar looks at the at the symbolism that aaron deer damn i don't want to say his name all the time i'm just gonna call him a.a ron <laughs> that a.a ron found last episode he uh is he's of course thinking about what this means and how he can then use this location well now if the sword is supposed to go in here though why would the, the watchtower people are they just simply the elves were here all this time and they weren't aware that this is technically or maybe that was their plan but that's not the sword wasn't made from i have so many questions and i don't want to ask those questions because that's where i feel either it hasn't been explained yet or more practically it's a little sloppy because i don't know why the elves would would uh have such a like i would not have my watchtower here unless they because my first thought was they were going to drown all of the villagers in case they decided to rise up again and just destroy the town but they never had the sort of power and from my understanding that it seems to be a a sauron type of thing but maybe we'll find things out later like we did in this episode about adar's origins which i was starting to have some ponderings on but then i was listening to the lore hounds and they were talking about how the how the author tolkien wasn't into that idea but it seems the show has embraced that idea that's neither here nor there as the tower is going down because he doesn't answer what happened to sauron as the tower's going down he's trying to save his new master of all of 24 not even 24 hours all of two minutes you wouldn't think to save yourself in that moment i gotta save you father because i'm that down with the cause maybe he was always down for the cause and was looking for an excuse but then you shouldn't have needed an offer to go to their side and serve but it does also kind of make it seem as if the elves were right to watch him like y'all are no good son of a bitches that will turn well, at least half of you 
so you were right to watch half of you and it's probably why the other half is not very uh, acrimonious against an elf leading them because one you have one who has not abandoned them and secondly well i guess you had a point all these years because we got some traitorous motherfuckers in our midst and we did not know but as they're celebrating their plan coming to fruition it's not over yet they need to prepare the village to stand their guard because that's that's uh, all they can do is try to take out the enemy but it seems as if well he does give that speech like look there i've seen armies much smaller take on armies much bigger and be successful i think that aaron deer you know aaron he gives a much better speech than brown ever could when life gives you lemons you squeeze them like some titties bitch not once when brown talked was i inspired but aaron was like y'all with me I now nah, I can't hear y'all motherfuckers y'all with me <laughs> prior to the speech we saw Aaron uh, trying to destroy the sword but he's like we can't destroy this motherfucker <laughs> and I'm not sure why he didn't toss it in a river or a lake at the bottom of a, a anywhere other than under the floorboards and no one can know that's not successful it's one thing if you just don't fucking have it anymore and that's another thing that could have been successful is if he just fucking left with it like i know he wanted to stay there but once they were practically cornered i know he didn't want to abandon them but i i guess it was i don't know because then then what would be the reason to keep anyone alive they'll just slaughter them all but i feel like that was always the the plan so they were stuck one way or the other but i feel maybe he was stuck one way or the other if i leave them then i abandon my girl and her son that i'm now adopting uh but but save this thing from like my duty versus well he feels like his duty is to the villagers as well but if you're talking about something that can get into the hands of your enemy that could that can make things worse yeah leave but it's not gonna do any yeah i guess i don't know that's a hard decision because i do feel objectively yeah you gotta leave because this can't fall into their hands or they become more powerful they succeed but if i'm gonna die i'm gonna die with you and i'm gonna think it's hidden and no one knows about it but of course Theo's fucking watching and I don't know how you let a kid watch what poke around and see ah I don't know I, I feel like Aaron is far far more perceptive than that I know anytime kids are around me especially if I'm trying to hide something I may I'm being extra fucking careful because you know them nosy motherfuckers are going to be all up in your business there's a cutesy moment between mother and son as he says i want to fight she says i know you can which is why i want you with uh, everyone else because you need to protect those that cannot protect themselves and that's the best way like you are helping you are fighting i need so i need you in this position not because i'm trying to protect you it's because i need you to protect others and he says you remember that thing you used to say to me when i used to have bad dreams 
and he asked his mama to say it to him once again because he wants to be comforted and i thought that was a pretty great scene and the one that followed was pretty cutesy as well between her and aaron where he tells her what the seeds mean confesses his love and they finally get their kiss i'm the ice cream man she chunky monkey let's take a detour to the numenorians they're on the ships they're headed to the southlands isador gets up to feed Beric, and let me tell you when he took a bite of that apple gave it to the horse and put that apple back in his mouth i am disgusted this is why motherfuckers got diseases so much transferring from animal to the human species yeah you're not supposed to be swapping spit with another with another with another um mammal that's just not uh, unless it's a human one (laughs) maybe the horse barrack teeth is clean he's got that good good saliva but that shit just gross it's not i don't know then he kept eating the apple and then did the worst thing i think people do with apples which is just throw them away after three bites oh no i know he runs into galadriel who manages not to be the worst this episode and she looks wonderful as i stated earlier in her armor and she asks the soldier why he's up here he wants to get a look at land she has seen it for hours she got that 30 30 vision <laughs> keen elf eyes she uh wonders at his position of a soldier he says i'm a stable sweep and he got up and did his duty i'll give him that and he talks about how Numenor is not the true Numenor and she says it lives on in people like you I don't even know what that means but it was a moment I would expect her to have a lot more of these conversations like I didn't see the connection between her and Isidore I I didn't even want to like it was a fine conversation to have because she says I've never seen you before um i've not seen you uh, as a soldier or as a sailor and then he brings up the fact that his name is isildur and she says i should have known you look like your father and he says i look like my mother ellen deal is like ain't you supposed to be doing another job and not on deck but he uh, says captain and leaves because he knows that he barely got his ass on this ship and for that i appreciate it too <laughs> she asked what happened to his mother ellen dill says i don't even know what he said first i just know he said she drowned but he said something about oh yeah like we're going into the light but it feels like we're going into the darkness hello darkness my old friend i've come to talk with you again he goes to talk to the queen just so she can have a scene on the boat and i wanted more of that scene because he's like this is where we're going i'm forcing this crack ship together i need it to sail on the thin raft that it lives on i got crumbs and he leaves i got more at the end just because he's like the queen 
He's like, I love you, son, but I gotta go protect my wife. I'm just kidding. He seems like he's really genuinely. I, I hope people know I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm gonna make a crack ship if I want to, but I know that he's clearly mourning still the death of his wife and that he's struggling being a single parent to two grown ass children. Three, actually, one who's ran off, the other who's a disappointment, and the third who's, who's shaping up to probably be a disappointment back to the southlands it's nightfall they're waiting they're anticipating and they see the torches things pop off very quickly their plan pops off with success as they are able to burn the orcs orcs that come into the village they kill them uh there was a nice fight between a.a ron and this huge ass orc because despite his uh, agil- agility there we go I, this motherfucker's huge he's huge and he's strong and he was sent with one mission to kill the fucking elf and he was trying very hard but they do that thing that they always do they always always do this where they're turned and they're in a perilous situation and they got the knife really close to the eyeball but that was so gross with the orcs bl- uh, black blood spilling out into his mouth i'm like oh my god you need to get tested after this for like rabies or orc herpes or something i don't know but you definitely need a booster shot and brown saves his life i know that was supposed to be a little bit of a turn because oh i you know the woman saving the the much stronger elf but i could see it coming from a mile away it would have made me happier if something else happened in that moment <laughs> i don't know what but something anything else or he actually was able to find the strength to overpower this motherfucker but he's saved and the village seems to be saved and they all celebrate until they realized that the first wave of people that were sent in were the villagers themselves that broke away so they were killing their own but were they really their own (laughs) they were disguised as orcs though and this is to give them a false sense of security and i get this you you uh set me up i'm gonna set you up and they have to all retreat back into the safe place or the last stand brown is shot with an arrow one of the other guys he had just came up there he was like we do got the strength elf we do got the strength and then he dies brown does say save him first and i'm like girl well i guess because she's the only person that could do anything with medicine y'all need to have at least a backup your son should know more <laughs> you should have been training one of the girls in the village i do not know but one person should not know how to do medicine so she has to walk her son and Aaron through uh healing her she's bleeding a lot from that fucking wound because he has to take it Ooh, and he tries to be so gentle i like that touch i even like the son you know brace yourself mother he did what he needed to do he's like she's cold but he didn't spaz out in the kid way that they typically have kids do on television he uh did what he needed to do he took that hot poker he put it to his mama and they just had to wait because of course she was gonna pass out the rest of the villagers are watching in 
sadness and anticipation until she does awaken and they are happy about this even though they have more bigger fish to fry outside the doors it is the loss of a leader and the loss of someone that has been holding you morally together the last thing you want is for them to die and if they don't die then there's a chance right but for some of them there isn't a chance as the doors are broken down dar does come in and he says you have something that i want and he doesn't have to say anything the orcs just start killing the villagers because he says let them go and i'll consider giving it to you but he knows that he will probably let everyone in this room die (laughs) before he gives up where that location is he realizes that there's a mother and son and he probably was told by that bitch ass waldrig that the kid had the sword anyway so he threatens them but he also probably consents but i don't know how did he sense that really because i don't think that homeboy gave anything away at iran and theo gives the sword away to adar but it's morning and the numenorians are here and waldrick is given a task and i knew that waldrick was going to get away with the broken sword and while initially i understand not opening the the package and seeing what it is what the shit galadriel it was in your hand you couldn't tell galadriel uh halbrand who else theo's the only one that was like oh shit let me open this because it's not it's not a it's not the real sword but everyone else y'all sitting around celebrating no one thought let's take a look at the thing that he tried to get his hands on and then also let's figure out a way figure out what to do with this i understand giving it to galadriel but then galadriel giving it back to a.a ron and then a.a ron giving it back to (laughs) theo in a symbolism type of fashion because he feels that the danger has passed but i felt like that was a little bit too optimistic for what they know that they're fighting against particularly galadriel and aaron I, I i give a much more of a pass to the villagers but galadriel especially man especially because she knows what this means or even if she didn't know what it means she would want to hold on to this more than anyone else but the numenorians show up just as they're about to kill all of the villagers uh adar because aaron comes out to fight the other orcs and join in the battle galadriel says their commander soldier and adar goes off on a horse and i knew i knew damn well (laughs) that he did not have that sword and he and he being halbrin and galadriel give chase to adar while the rest of the numenorians fight the orcs Elendil runs into a little bit of trouble and is saved by Halbrin. Not his son, and I'm glad that happened. I'm so glad because I wasn't sure why the stable boy would even be allowed off of the boat, with the exception of the fact that his son is or he's the son of someone, which just speaks of the his continued use of nepotism which is bothersome. It's not likable in a character. And he just sidles his ass up to the queen and she's just like go and 
in her eyes like yeah your father's down there your friends are down there but in another way does she really know all these personal things about ellen deal when she just figured out his name three episodes ago it seems like numenor is a pretty huge place you don't know all of her citizens i just didn't need the emotional tug of father i, I don't are you okay i thought you were dead it what, is, what does that matter what does if anything you're a distraction because <laughs> you didn't show up to the fight to do anything special sure you killed an orc or two but so do your buddies so do your buddies the one friend he was handling business like a like i'm gonna like him a lot i do like him a lot i can't remember his name but i do like him a whole bunch and he ends up he ends up saving his other friend that starts with the O. and after that i don't blame him at all he's like yeah i i'm not a fucking fighter i thought i was a fighter i thought i was a soldier i will do what i need to do but shit i'm i'm not cut out for this we hear later on after the fight that the queen is going to set up a a search scavenger party to track down the other orcs and isildur has managed to be forgiven and is able to go on this mission i'm just gonna get over it i'm gonna get over it adar is caught by halbrin they i love that they made a point of showing him being tripped uh, the horse being tripped and then the horse being fine just for all the people out there that's like animal human rights and he is about to kill him because he's like do you remember who i am and he's like nope that seems to piss him off more galadriel says no we need him alive to figure out what else i need and she's like hold your tongue why was everyone half whispering in this episode that's the one thing <laughs> i thought there was a low pitch quality to everyone's dialogue was that just me i could have been just me i know there was an episode of another show where i was like everyone's whispering and i was the only one that made that made that correlation it was westworld i believe and he wonders did i kill one of your like your uh, a woman was it your child i don't i don't get it so he's taken back to a barn where galadriel questions him and this is where things got a little bit more contextualized so to speak because she wonders you know who's your master so i don't got no fucking master okay let me bring your those orcs out into the sunlight we're called yurik and she says i heard stories about the they would they had stolen elves when they were children twisted them fucked them up and pretty much made them orcs or made them the source of orcs i don't know but it sounds really fucked up from morgoth and he explains and there is there's a little bit of a slavery story kind of like with the tuscans we're getting some a little bit more of a understanding of the motivations of the orcs there really were always in the lord of the rings movies these things that were vicious and evil and the slaves or or the the bitter doing the bidding of the master right but because they wanted to and it seems as if interestingly there's a divide even in the darkness where he explains sauron wanted to heal the earth after morgoth 
he uh was missing a key part of that and he kept dragging us and using us and sacrificing us so i killed sauron i split him in two and she doesn't believe this and he throws it in her face like oh you're upset that i i and or it could do the one thing that all of your fucking armies could not do bitch you just jealous of my super saiyan swagger she still thinks that there is a master he tries to impose upon her what his beliefs are like basically despite us being slaves despite how we came to be we de we deserve to have a life we deserve to have breath and we deserve to have a home and this is about creating a home for themselves and they plan to do it on this land and soon she will see and she's like yeah fuck all of that i'm gonna hunt down all of the orcs i'm gonna kill all your children i'm gonna keep you alive so you can watch before i kill you and he was right he's like oh it seems i'm not the only elf that's been turned to darkness as she puts a sword to his neck <laughs> like what was up with that where's the empathy because in a lot of ways they didn't ask to come into the world the way they are but they are and that is like if you've been taken as children and warped into this thing there is a little bit of a uh in their sentient life they seem to be sentient life what do you owe them uh what should be done about them should they should they not want what they want i think that those raise some very interesting moralistic questions that have not been discussed prior and she has someone who's supposed to be so light has absolutely no desire to even care about that like you're all just disgusting base things and i want to just wipe the world with you and halbrin's the one that stops her from killing him i did appreciate the fact that she still slit his throat a little bit just to let him know like oh you were going to die but he's not afraid he doesn't seem to fear that type of death because whatever happens to him it's about what happens next he's already put something in motion that can't be stopped even if it means that he will not survive it and i'm not really keen or sure if he knew he would or if he even does i want him to because i think he's a, a very complex character and i think it's it's more interesting storyline if even in the darkness there's a divide Halberin and Galadriel have this conversation where she thanks him for you know bringing her back he's like well you did the same thing for me he talks about what it's like to fight beside her how he wanted to hold on to that feeling how he felt it was where he wanted to be basically i got feelings for you girl you got feelings for me because i feel it too because it feels like we're destined to be and i felt it from the moment that we met what is love baby don't hurt me don't hurt me no more there have been theories at least i've seen thus far uh, and trust me i've only gotten up to episode five and listening to bald move and that's about it that's it i haven't listened to anything or uh, read any reddits plus it's already completed so i don't want to get spoiled but listening to bald move there's a question if halbrin is sauron 
I mean, I can I can buy that more than I can buy the the stranger. I just don't see a lot yet to to see that. I don't I don't know. I don't know. Um I do know that this relationship ain't going to work, so <laughs> something's got to give. But if we are considering all of the characters that have thus far been presented and with Adar saying, no, I killed Sauron, him being off the table, the stranger being still on the table, but I just can't, can't wrap my head around, I suppose, Halbrin. But if it is him, I will say there is nothing to support, <laughs> at least in my brain uh other than he as i stated last episode or a few episodes he could have stolen that patch from like anybody y'all just look at his sigil and go oh you're the king that's promised you don't think he could have taken this from the king that was promised i felt he was just lying but it could be a much deeper lie so i thought i would address that particular particular one and the way again unless sauron's just gonna pop out which i still think that's a possibility that no one is we haven't seen sauron and he is just gonna show up in the eighth episode and it's gonna be some newly casted person so uh, i would need to have a little bit more to convince me that he is sauron but granted i'm not deep into the lore and the only thing that they they said that i could see is that he's a blacksmith <laughs> that that means nothing to me <laughs> i don't know all this shit and i only watch listen to the lore hounds when it's in the actual wild move episodes <laughs> i have no idea so moving on from that uh scene they go back into the the village where the queen muriel has requested Halbrin. She's also requested to talk to Browen, who is escorted by Aaron. And she said, or Muriel says, you have been the leader here. She's like, oh, I, it's not something I wanted. And Muriel tells her, most great leaders don't want it. <laughs> and it's given upon them. But I think I can help alleviate your burden. And she introduces Halbrin and he is anointed as the king that is promised and everyone says all hail the king and i will say if he is sauron this is a big fuck you to adar because now he got the southlands which is exactly what what uh and the southlands is where mordor is i know that much aaron notices that theo is over there pouting and so he goes and tells him you don't have to feel any guilt many people would have done the same thing in your position which is giving up the sword he's like it's not just the guilt i actually miss it like when i had it in my hands i felt powerful am i supposed to feel some fear for for this kid theo because he did get i mean he had blood all over that fucking thing it might have bonded with him and he might need to be murdered for anyone else to possess the sword i don't know how it goes down but if he does end up getting the sword back i don't know but because it's stuck in a thing right now so, so he might have bigger fish to fry than that fucking fake sword but i like the fact that aaron gave it to him and he said hey you have a way in which to get rid of 
everything that was associated with the feeling of this sword. Uh, and that you should either give it to the Numenorians to throw away and cast away or you do so yourself. But I'm leaving you with that huge decision. I don't know if I would have, but I, I got the sentiment behind it. There is a scene between Elendil and Isidore, Isodor, where the horse is upset. He starts to talk to the horse and Elvin. He says that the rider the horse senses the feelings from the the rider because they bond once they go into battle together he's got this huge heart on for this horse was it the last thing his mama gave him or something because the love he has for this horse is is far outweighing even his love of his friends and he explains that his mother is the one that taught him all of this so was she half elf or an elf herself while it was nice to see them have a conversation i felt like we missed a few rungs on that ladder but this is him being like yeah maybe i should try to start fathering this kid because <laughs> he clearly needs one <laughs> and i only ever show him my disappointment so maybe i should try to a different a different route waldrig has the real sword he plants it into the mechanism that we saw it creates uh or opens up a dam the water rushes through the orc tunnels which now we it wasn't just to travel through but they were creating these tunnels so that the water can can um coalesce with the magma and then it causes or creates an eruption that unfortunately everyone in the village is far too vulnerable to because once it pops off it pops off people are dying there's huge fiery rocks uh adar just closes his eyes like either this is gonna take me or it's not or maybe he feels he's in a safe place i don't know with 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 uh with a volcano i don't i don't know if you could make that assumption the orcs are starting to how did they decide to just uh get free and start attacking the other numenors i know there's chaos but it, maybe that's it they're chaos they get a little bit free the queen god save her she was actually helping people get to safety while ellendale left his son all alone <laughs> to go to the queen he didn't say get the cover or nothing did he say it? he might actually said it uh and just when i was looking over at that tunnel going that's a good place to hide it blew up barracks missing and that's what his main concern is not going to help the people that need more help <sighs> every time i think we step we take one step forward with you isildur you take one step back and uh halbrin seemed to be helping people as well but fucking galadriel is standing there watching it paralyzed maybe but almost relieved like just take take me out i'm done with this world there is nothing to say that that uh elves are immune to ash and fire <laughs> that i'm aware of so it felt really silly to me that she would just stand there I can understand the dude in the expanse like what the fuck are you gonna do i can run but i'm in stunned disbelief 
because certain death is approaching me and i can't look away it's so very sudden versus this bitch had like a whole five minutes to get to shelter she could have just dropped her ass into the well and been fine maybe i don't know but they should have gotten to the damn tunnels <laughs> a little watery because it's already passed through and saved themselves but she just said uh i'm ready to go this is a good episode once again uh some of the action scenes were a little clunky like i felt as if the movement and then the camera moving where it needed to be with the arrow shots particularly around galadriel i don't know i will have to rewatch it I only watched it once so that could also just be something i didn't pick up very well in the action scenes but i'm not i don't think they were uh, uh, clunky enough to be offensive in any way so i hope they keep this momentum for the last two episodes because it's taken a long time to get here but this is one of the better episodes certainly if you want to send feedback on our next episode of lord of the rings rings of power blackercouch at gmail.com you can leave a comment below on this podcast my social media will be there as well remember to like share and subscribe until the next time peace hair grease blacker magic <laughs>